Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. back to Morning Footy. Well, in the spirit of holiday gift giving, we figured we would uh, do a little exercise here at the desk and give some gifts ourselves to some teams that uh, could really use them at this point in the season uh, or with some big competitions coming up ahead. And uh, Alexis, that reminded me, did you get your Christmas shopping done? I did. You did? Uh, yeah. Shasta did... electronic gift cards, man. You know, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I knew that. Yeah, yeah, that's that last minute stuff right there. Ever. But you know you're, the, yeah. you're an afterthought when somebody slides you that email that's nah, like, congrats on the gift. Everyone was like, yo, where's my Christmas gift? I'm like, you get it at midnight in the email. <laughs> but Merry be sure to Christmas, check that spam bro. folder just in case. Yeah. Uh, Santa skipped the it. chimney, went straight to the inbox. <laughs> so wait, it's in my inbox? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Keep looking. Check your spam folder. Yeah. yeah, wait, hold on. Let me real quick. Uh, What's my Christmas $500. That's Alexis, mine, you're so generous. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't ours, receive anything. Ours hit today. Yeah. Ours hit today. Uh, I'm going yeah. to get an yeah. email to customer yeah. well, service. Alexis, you work on getting us those gift cards uh, real quick, and we'll dig into the first team that we're going to try and come up with a gift that they might really benefit from. And we've talked about them already on the show. Manchester United, their struggles have been well documented up to this point. Um, but, Christine, I'll start with you, and then we'll just go around the table. What would be your gift to this Manchester United side that is just struggling in more areas than one? I don't know where to start. Can we just give them a gift card? I don't know. <laughs> do we trust that they're going to use it properly? Absolutely <laughs> not. No. How do you want to use no. those gift cards? Ten hogs buying that on like bubble New gum. owners coming in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Who has the purchasing power here? <laughs> yeah. um, I would say... Can we gift? Oh, can I gift everybody time? Because like, if they have time, maybe with some of their shooting coaches and set piece team, like they could figure something out. Yeah, I don't know. That's the direction. <laughs> it, it does feel like time is something that they desperately need, and they didn't have enough time when it came to how they performed in Champions League. Ran out of time uh, in, other, in other competitions like Carabao Cup, and now in league play, if they want to play in Champions League next year, they're going to need some time to figure it out. Freddie, what would you gift them? I would gift them a clinical goal-scoring striker in front of goal. Mm. They need that as badly as anything right now. Um, I mean, we've we've talked about their struggles scoring. Um, you know, they've created a decent amount of chances, but they got to score goals, and they need somebody that can score. Um, he brought it up. Hojlun has played 14 Premier League games and has zero goals and zero assists. At some point, 
you got to start scoring as a striker. What's the main job of a striker? Score goals, right? Yeah, what does it say when Scott McTominay is the top goal scorer? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That doesn't, you're Scotland, that doesn't bode very struggling. well. Yeah, that doesn't uh, bode very well. Just to Scott McTominay, who's had a great season yeah, so far. Yeah, not to take any way, yeah, anything away. But yeah, not expected. Uh, Scott McTominay, them... he's catching strays out here for doing, <laughs> for doing your job. How Poor dare Scott, you? Poor Scott, dog. Uh, <laughs> dog, you know what? Check you your inbox. You deserve another kind of gift card, Scott. Got you, bro. Um, I'm going to give them a director of football. Because ever since Ed Woodward took over, this has been in complete disarray. They don't have an identity anymore. Mm -hmm. The Manchester United that I recall of being, you know, just un impossible to beat at home, just yeah. that, man, you know, Old Trafford being a fortress, that's gone. They bring in a guy from Ajax, Ajax of all places, and he wants to play pragmatic transition football. He wants to park the bus. What is going on? They need someone that can sit here and say, here's, here's the identity we need back. Whether you bring back the Sir Alex Ferguson style or whether you create a new one, here's what our identity is. And you start bringing in players that are expected to play those positions and play to that level. The Manchester, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, Manchester United is a team that deserves to be in Europe. It's the it, Football is better when Manchester United is good. 100%. And right now, it's, they're not. Well, I I, wait, wait. I want to amend my gift because I haven't smashed send on that <laughs> card yet. Okay. Um, I would like to gift them with peak Marcus Rashford mojo. Please. That, that's, Please. that's my gift to them. Yeah. See, that's really nice like that. of them. Yeah, that is more go. thoughtful nice than gift. a gift card. Yep. Yeah. 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 Better than time. Like, imagine getting time. You get an additional gotta, five years to suffer. You got to get free with this time, though. You have to live. I don't want time. You have to live I might have to return this. I'm trying to run that clock down. What about Chelsea? What would you gift them? This time we're going to, yeah, we'll just keep going the same direction. I think you should start with Alexis because I I don't know what I'd gift Chelsea yet. She needs a little bit more time. There it is. For you, Don't you always gift what you need most? I would, if I'm, honestly, if I'm Chelsea, if I'm able to gift anything to Chelsea, it's simply just a bit of stability. And I think that's simply all they need. They got to give Pochettino an opportunity to really institute what his personality is on this team. And unfortunately, when you're, when you're Chelsea Football Club, you set a standard that you're going to fire your manager every year and a half. So it doesn't really matter. You don't really give them really enough of a, of a leash, enough of a headway in order to really institute their personality. It's going to take a little bit of, not to steal from Kubo, but it's going to take a little bit of time. Uh, in order oh, to now really time is a great yeah. gift. Yeah. Oh, oh, now time is it's great. It's going to take some time. <laughs> so simply just give him whatever space he needs. And honestly, as far as purchases are concerned, they've clearly spent the money on the wrong players, but they've spent a billion dollars. At some point, you just got to say, like, yo, you got to make do with the ingredients in the cupboard. Yeah. You just got to find a way to make a good meal out of this. And I think the players you have, this is good enough to get at least get you into maybe a, Euro a Europa Conference League, something of that nature, and you could build from there. All right, Freddie? I'll give them better wingers. All right. Mm. Because, Raheem I mean, this is, 2000 and, this is 2023, and Raheem Sterling is still your best winger <laughs> on the team. I mean, he's a great player, don't get me wrong, but they got to get better time, production. Time not on his side. Yeah, right. time uh, not on his side. Uh, Christine in the <laughs> Chelsea Blue. Uh, I will gift Chelsea 
Consistency and discipline. All right, I like it. I would gift them a financial advisor because you spend a billion dollars and you're uh, Ooh, having like the season that. they're having. I Come like on. that. Got to be a little bit better than that. All right, <laughs> we will be playing this game throughout the week, so be sure to tune in as we will be uh, giving out gifts to other teams that are in need. We are that giving and generous here on Morning Footy. And when we come back, we are bringing our friend Freddie back for some more headlines. Stick around. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Here's a look at your Tuesday footy fix in the Premier League 19th place. Burnley taking on second place Liverpool at 12.30 on USA. Man United against Aston Villa. That is a big one coming up at 3 p.m. Also on USA in the EFL Championship. Birmingham City will take on Stoke at 12.15 on ESPN+. And first and second place facing off with Ipswich and Leicester at 2.45 p.m. on ESPN+. And in Belgian Pro League action, Club Bruges taking on Union uh, Saint-Gilois. I don't know if that is correct, but we were practicing in the break and I still think I messed up. So that's a You're doing great, Allie. As long as I did better than Nigel Rio Coker did last week, that is all that matters to me. All right, let's send it on over to Freddie now for some headlines. That's right, guys. Let's go on over to Italy, where Napoli completed the signing of a new contract for Nigerian superstar Victor Osimhen, securing his services through the 2025-2026 season. Osimhen helped lead Napoli to their first Serie A title in three decades with a golden boot winning campaign last season. He finished with 26 Serie A goals and 32 appearances. Osimhen's new contract includes a $143 million fee release clause, and his signing comes four months after Napoli turned down a reportedly major $200 million dollar bid from Saudi Arabia. In women's soccer news, former Ballon d'Or winner Alexia Putellas will undergo knee surgery tomorrow. This is going to be in an attempt to identify lingering issues in her knee after the ACL surgery she had over a year ago. The FC Barcelona striker suffered a torn left ACL in 2022, causing her to miss out on the Euros and caused her to miss 10 months. Now she returned to action in April and has scored five goals in all competitions this season. But persistent knee pain has led her to undergo a procedure to identify the source of the pain, and we hope they find it ASAP. In Premier League news, the weekend in England also included the making of some much-needed history for the game. Rebecca Welch became the first woman to referee a Premier League match when she worked the middle in Burnley's 2-0 win over Fulham. And another officiating milestone will be achieved later on today because Sam Allison referees the Sheffield United-Luton match. Allison will become the first black referee in the Premier League since 2007 unbelievable and just the second ever joining Uriah Rennie. Let's go ahead and stay in England. Manchester United has completed the sale of a 25% ownership stake in the club to English billionaire Jim Ratcliffe in a deal worth a reported $1.6 billion. Ratcliffe's group will take over as minority owners and gain control of football operations. Ratcliffe's group has promised to invest at least $300 million to help improve the team. And we're going to go ahead and keep it rolling because the world, the Club World Cup rather, crowned Manchester City as champion after their 4-0 win over Fluminense on Friday. Julian Alvarez can't get enough goals. He scored twice and set up another to make it five trophies in 2023 for the Citizens and a fourth Club World Cup title for Pep Guardiola. Being without Erling Haaland, Kevin De Bruyne and Jeremy Doku didn't stop City from lifting its first Club World Cup title. Alvarez scored in the very first minute. Then then, a Nino own goal left the Copa Libertadores champions in a 2-0 hole heading into halftime. A pair of second-half goals sealed the win for City. The treble winners return to Premier League action tomorrow against Everton. My tocayo, this is how we call it in Mexico. Freddy, 
You're the City fan on the desk, so put 2023 into perspective. Five trophies in one calendar year is pretty special, but what's gonna be your best memory of the year? And the bigger question is how many trophies do you see them winning in 2024? Damn, Freddie's putting Freddie on Freddy. the spot. <laughs> Freddy. Yeah, he put me on the spot. Nah, 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 it's good, it's good. We're There's good. The love between We're Freddy. Good. Yeah, that's my man Freddie over there. Yes, sir. All right. Um, I mean, what more is there to say? Man City is, Manchester's been blue for the past, I don't know, 10 years? five years or whatever you want to say, they've been, uh, they've been pretty much dominating uh, in the Premier League and also in, um, in, well, they've done well in the Champions League, won the Champions League. Uh, so yeah, they've been, a, they've been a great side. They're a deep team. Manchester City is a deep team. I mean, without, without Holland, without De Bruyne, um, they win the Club World Cup. Um, you know, Foden balling. Julian Alvarez, balling. Not, not the best I mean, start to this year I, so far. I get that. I get that. They haven't started the year as gangbusters as, uh, as they've done in the past. But, uh, you know, they, I think they're going to round up in a, in, a, uh, in a good form here. I mean, Kevin De Bruyne is coming back pretty soon. So that's going to be a big help. He, he accounts for a lot of the goals that they score um, by assisting, mostly to Holland. Uh, but uh, you know they're getting these guys back, and uh, I think they're just gonna they're gonna keep rocking, and they're gonna they're gonna challenge both uh, Liverpool and Arsenal at the top. I mean they're pretty close right now. They're only about I don't know five points behind, something like that. So six with a game in hand. Well, they got a game in hand as well. Yeah, six points with a game in hand. So, so frustrating. So, <laughs> oh, come so on. I think I'm tired I think of it's winning. Be, yeah. I mean, well, I know I am. I'm never tired of winning. <laughs> I mean, I mean, shoot, I'm a Man City. We're winners over there, Man City. Okay. Yeah. We're five winners. trophies to be exact. Yep. Uh, this year, so pretty incredible stuff. How many do they win in 2024? I think they win. I think they get the treble at least. Wow. I think they get right. the trouble at the bold. very least. Very bold. That's how confident that I am. Is a confident That's how confident I am about my team. Add another cup competition, and we need to expand. We need to make sure yes. there's at least one trophy City haven't won. <laughs> Alexis is shaking over there. I right hate now. it. I hate every second. You a hater. Oh, uh, yeah. You a hater. Well, you could have had two trophies. Uh, Arsenal could have won the league. A hater. <laughs> Maybe let's see what Anita Jones thinks. She's going to join us next here on Morning Footy. So that is coming up next here on the show. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Walking back, oh my gosh, welcome back to Morning Footy, everybody. Hello, the words are being jumbled today. Uh, glad to have you with us. Here's a look at today's Boxing Day fixtures. Nottingham Forest up 3-1 in the second half over Newcastle United. Bournemouth taking on Fulham later on this morning at 10 a.m. Eastern. Sheffield United and Luton Town also at 10 a.m. Burnley and Liverpool will kick off at 12.30 p.m. Eastern and a big one coming up later on this afternoon. Manchester United against Aston Villa. That is at 3 p.m. Eastern on USA. And joining us now to chat some more Boxing Day is our good friend Anita Jones. Anita, thanks for joining us today. How are you? You, how was your Boxing Day? And do you have a favorite memory uh, from this day in years past that uh, you'd like to share with us? Morning, guys. Um, Merry Christmas for yesterday. And yes, happy Boxing Day. Contrary to what Alexis was trying to say a few moments ago, you know, off air, we don't go boxing on the streets today. <laughs> um, we're, we're very happy in our homes, either going to games or watching games from, um, from our households. In terms of memories, um, randomly like i remember one christmas when i was at home and these are like the honorary days at arsenal 
and um, we beat Middlesbrough like 5-3. It was an action-packed game. Um, I'd rather not have those games. I'd rather nice, easy wins, you know. But um, it had all of us like jumping around in the living room. So, yeah, um, that, that's one of the memories that stands out for me, I've got to say. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, one game that is currently underway at the moment is Newcastle United taking on Nottingham Forest. Forest up 3-1 over Newcastle at the moment. What has been your takeaway from watching this game? Besides a hat trick from Chris Wood against his Mm -hmm. former team, he's balling out. He really is balling out. Um, I think he only got one goal for his time during, um, whilst he was at Newcastle, rather. Um, It's quite a sad state of affairs if you're a Newcastle fan because their only saving grace until today was their home form. Um, St. James's Park had been somewhat of a fortress away from home. Literally, I actually saw them at the weekend away at Luton when they lost 1-0 to them. That was their fourth consecutive away loss. And when I spoke to Dan Byrne after the game, he, he was really honest in, in his assessment. He said that he felt like they outworked them. I'm not sure what the situation is now in terms of how you explain this. Of course, they've had a ridiculous number of injuries you know they've had like a whole starting 11 of injuries if we're going to be really honest but how do they get past this because one thing that Eddie Howe said after the game was that the good thing about this period is you've got games coming up like one after the other their next game in the Premier League is on New Year's Day against Liverpool so I'm not sure they're going to want to be looking forward to that one especially after this um so yeah sad times if you're a Newcastle fan at the moment Wow, that's tough. That's right now. If this if this result holds, that's one win in the last seven. And if they go into Liverpool and lose, that's one win in the last eight. That's going to be tough. I want to ask a little bit about we talked a little bit about Manchester United and uh, we, we gave gifts to certain uh, teams. Uh, and we decided what gift we would give Manchester United. One gift I think they'd want back is Anthony Longa, who's who sold for less than 20 million and has two assists in this match alone. Something they could probably use quite a bit of over at Manchester United. What are your thoughts on what's going on there with this new takeover happening? Yeah, well, I think it was about time, right? We'd all been hearing the rumours that Sir Jim Jim Ratcliffe, rather, was going to be becoming a a minority stakeholder in the club. Um, But then things went radio silent. And now it's come out. We know the situation. Um, I think when I spoke to my Manchester United fans, they're still somewhat um, unclear of what this means for the club. On the pitch, the results aren't good. I don't know if you guys saw the picture of uh, Ten Hag with the bubble on his head, you know, following the loss at West Ham. It was not looking good for them. Um, But the suggestion is that he may be involved in the running of the football club. So that could be positive. You know, one of his um, points to, to being approved, I guess, by the Glazers was that he was a Manchester boy thick and through thick and thin rather and that he he really loved the club with all his heart so you would think that someone like him coming in would be a positive term but again we've just got to see how um things really play out hi anita this is freddie hi nice nice to meet you (laughs) (laughs) um do you think that ten hog makes it past the next game if they lose against a red hot oh. form Aston Villa. Mm-hmm. You mean Do you think he makes tonight? it past that game if they lose? I think it would be really premature to get rid of him given all the upheaval with um, Sir Jim Ratcliffe and Ineos coming in. Okay. Um, they've got to sit down and assess a lot of things. So they're going into the January transfer market, or well, all clubs are really, a few days to go until that window opens. So it might be a case of assessing what 
could be done to try and fill some of the gaps that uh, his team's got. Um, we obviously know that when new owners come in, they like to to kind of show everyone what their way of thinking is and to start a new chapter. But Sir Jim Ratcliffe is only a minority stakeholder. So again, we don't know what that means in terms of the running of the club. If he loses tonight, or if Manchester United lose tonight, and there is a high possibility of that, because show me a club that's got out against Aston Villa lately. <laughs> um, I, I don't think it would be the worst for them. Um, I'm, I mean, things are bad for them at the moment. They're down bad. But right. just given the way Aston Villa are performing, they are in red-hot form. Like Unai Emery has just completely turned things around there. And we've all got to take our hats off to him and say that they are title contenders at this point. Right. Anita, since we're ping-ponging around United and their spotty form, yet another team that's been kind of all over the place, Everton, um, what do you make of their form since that fairly tragic point deduction that they incurred, um, and where do you see them playing out the rest of the season? It's interesting you talk about it kind of being up and down. I think it's been in a more positive um, trajectory for them because, you know, they had that 10-point deduction and it seemed like they developed this siege mentality, not just them, but their whole fan base. You know, it, it almost felt like it was a them against us. Obviously, we're waiting to see what this appeal means, but they're well away uh, uh, above the relegation zone. You know, it was the likes of Nottingham Forest who played today and um, with that result would be giving themselves um, a five-point cushion of above the bottom three. So I don't think Everton are in trouble at all. Um, without the points deduction, they were a mid-table team in terms of their performances. And now we're just seeing Sean Dyche get the best out of his players. Their backs are up against the wall, but they're showing that with all that pressure, they can do it. So um, I think they're going to be fine. I think if you speak to most Premier League fans, you don't think they're a team that will be caught up in the relegation battle come April, May time. Well, Everton certainly not happy that Nottingham Forest just got the 3-1 win over Newcastle because that moved Nottingham Forest above Everton in the table. So Nottingham Forest sitting in 16th, Everton in 17th place, just above uh, the uh, relegation zone there. And what a day for Matt Turner. Five saves on the day. Chris Wood with the hat trick. So uh, the first match on this Boxing Day is uh, officially wrapped. Anita, thanks so much for taking the time to join us on the show today and uh, enjoy the rest of the matches. Thank you so much, guys. Take care and be safe this holiday period. <laughs> Thank Thanks, you. Anita. Thank you. All right, we will take a break here on Morning Footy. When we come back, we're talking some more Americans abroad. Stick around. Here on the Galazzo Network, we are always keeping a close eye on our Americans abroad, and we're going to start in Italy as we continue to uh, keep tabs on uh, some of our favorite U.S. men's national team players ahead of a big couple of competitions coming up uh, for all of these guys. So their preparations are uh, crucially important at the moment. And here's a look at all of the uh, Americans playing in Italy at the moment. Christian Pulisic and Yunus Musa uh, for AC Milan. Weston McKinney, Timothy Weah for Juventus. Christopher Lund at Palermo. And Tanner, Tanner Tessman and Gianluca Busio uh, with Venezia. And... Uh, Guys, let's start with uh, AC Milan and uh, a club that was definitely the uh, the talk of the summer when 
it was learned that that is where Christian Pulisic uh, would be ending up. And he has wasted no time finding uh, his home in Italy with this club, pumping in goals left and right. He's got six goals, four assists on the season. Uh, he has made a huge impact for this AC Milan side. What has been working for him so well? Because I'll be honest with you, I did not think he was going to come in, Christine, and find just so much comfort and confidence in his AC Milan attack as he has already this season. I said this could go either way, but yeah. no in between. He would either play freely and with joy and be incredibly impactful for this Milan side, or he would flounder. There wasn't going to be any question in between. And he's come in hot. He made a statement very similar to McKenney's start for Juventus for AC Milan. He gels very, very well with that front line. Leao, Giroud, instant chemistry. Mm -hmm. um, he's a lot more versatile than I think a lot of U.S. fans anticipated of him, where there was speculation about where is he coming into play? Is he's not going to be on the left side because Leao's on the left side. Um, they had a vacancy then at center mid, and they're like, well, yes, he could play there. I said, I'm pretty sure he's going on the right side. And sure enough, he did. And he's been excelling there. Mm -hmm. He's he's way more versatile than anyone gives him credit for. I think that he got his footing really early on. I think that he is now unencumbered by now the past, which is Chelsea. It's very hard. I think the last time that he had like a breakout really great season was I think 1920 for Chelsea, where he was on a goal-scoring tear. It was and in then 1920. It kind of right? Okay. I, I think you meant 2019, 2019, 2019. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 1920 It was hilarious. Season. I'm like, this dude been around for a minute, bro. <laughs> Can you believe he's 100 yeah. years old, bro? Uh, <laughs> but he really, like, he's got an eye for a goal. He's adapting to play really, really well. Mm -hmm. And I think that some of the external criticisms of him, so for one, Saki, who's revered Italian coach mm -hmm. um, has said that his criticism of AC Milan all in has been that he thinks that they brought too many outsider players in too soon and didn't really give them enough time to kind of mm -hmm. congeal. And I think that it's been the opposite with, with Pulisic. Yeah. Fred, have you been surprised at what Christian Pulisic has done? No, not really. He's a great player. Um, but just being on a team, being wanted by a team, being on a team where you feel wanted, where, you know, everybody embraces you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when he got to the airport, there was a lot of fans there. You know, just, just knowing that, mm -hmm. uh, feeling the way you, I mean, feeling that, uh, you just go out there and you play. You know, you don't feel any extra pressure. Um, uh, he's just playing free, uh, like Christine said. And, uh, I mean, he's producing on the field. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he's on the what, what does he have? Five goals and four assists since, you know, since he's been there? That's, I mean, that's production, you know, in what? Like 15 games or something like that. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah that's, that's great production. So, so I'm happy for him. Pulisic's yeah. been the headline, but Yunus Musa is also at AC Milan. His position doesn't necessarily lead to as much expected production, but he does have an assist on the season. What has impressed you or what has been your, I guess, assessment of Musa and, and Pulisic as well? I mean, for Musa, you know, super young. I think when, uh, at least speculation was when he came into the team, he would be more depth than he would be a starter. Um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek goes out with an injury. And I think Yunus Musa showed he can be that guy. Whether he proved enough to be the consistent starter, regardless of whether Ruben Loftus-Cheek comes back, and I know Eunice is injured at the moment or has a virus, so he's not playing, uh, and uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek is back. But I think it showed that you don't necessarily, you don't need to look at him as just depth. He can play that position. He can make it his own. He's also very young. Mm -hmm. And we asked the question when, he was, when we were in Vegas, what's your favorite position? What position do you want to play? Because, or where do you see yourself? Because he can play in so many. And you mentioned the same, uh, Christine, you mentioned with, 
uh, Weston McKinney. When you're good at multiple positions, it could be tough on you, but it's great for the club. And in this situation, I think it proves you've, you've got yourself a very versatile piece. Mm -hmm. Can AC Milan continue to give him minutes? Can he continue to prove that he is that guy? And can he continue to develop? I think he can. He's proven that even at a young age, he absolutely can. Yeah. No, I, absolutely. And I think what's going to be really interesting to see is, because I, I don't know if you guys get the sense, I still feel like there's a level for Pulisic that needs to be unlocked still. Too. I, Despite how well he's done, it does feel like there's still more. He's got another game. He, he hasn't reached lockdown Pulisic just yet. Lockdown Pulisic yeah. was a vibe. 2019, 2020? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, like nine goals. Yeah. But I think that a lot of the dialogue around Pulisic is, to me, it's a little bit irritating because I think that there's a lot of expectations exterior to him that are just unwarranted. Uh -huh. uh, he was brought to this Milan side to create an impact, not to be the impact. He's on a side now, a big club with World Cup winners. Mm -hmm. He knows his role. I think that that's one of his greatest assets is he knows who he is, what he can do, and what the expectations are for the club of him. I think the exterior expectations are entirely different because I don't think that a lot of them are based in reality. I think that unfortunately, and Freddie is the perfect person to be sitting beside me today, yeah. is we are so eager as an American audience and U.S. soccer fans to pin a star to the next bright, shining player that's yeah. going to stand out for us. Yeah. And like, for you, yeah. was that experience more of a burden or was it something that you thought you could grow into? It was a burden because, you know, you, f you felt that you had to live up to it in a certain way, right? Um, I didn't have the time, you know, you normally don't have the time to sort of like, you know, just, just, improve and, 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 and play your way, you know, in, into, into improving as a player, you're expected to produce right away, right? And, and you know, for me, when I went to Europe for the first time, um, I got to Benfica, and they expected me to be sort of a, almost a finished product, produce right away. And when I didn't do that, things kind of soured from there, right? Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, for, for, for Pulisic, um, I mean, it's helped him that he has some, you know, Chelsea teammates as well, you know, uh, mm -hmm. over at, at uh, Milan right now. And, and he's, he's responded really well. I mean, he, they're letting him play. Like, that's, that's important to a player. He's still young. I mean, he's, what, 24 years old? He's still young. It's important. Uh, did he turn 25 yet? I, I, no, he I might think have, he's still, I don't know. still but, under the 25. Yeah, right? but, like, he's, he's, yeah, exactly. He hasn't uh, looked um, as happy playing you know in years now now he's actually playing with a little bit more yeah. joy uh, expressing himself you know and 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 you know it's 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 showing on the field yeah which is yeah. great for the u.s men's national team as well when we talk about depth pieces too uh two guys a part of the u.s men's national team picture Gianluca Busio and tanner testman playing with Venezia. they got relegated uh was it last, last year? Season. Season, last season to uh, City B. So these were two huge moves uh, from Major League Soccer over uh, to Serie A at the time, now uh, playing in the league below. But um, Chris, or Alexis, I'll start with you. Actually, you know, with these two guys um, having strong seasons uh, with Venezia, even if it maybe uh, started out sour with the relegation. Yeah, I mean, look, they're, they're having a pretty good season. They're in second place in uh, Serie B. Uh, so it looks like there's, there's a potential to get uh, promoted along with, uh, was it Parma? I think Parma's in first mm -hmm. place. Um, they're having an incredible season. Look, Tanner Testman in particular plays a position that you feel 
if um, Tyler Adams it doesn't get back or it takes his while to get back, he may get an opportunity. John Luca Busio's had opportunities up and down with the men's national team on whether it looked, but the way to get back into that picture and the way to put yourself in a position to get more time is mm -hmm. to play well with your club. And these two players are doing exactly that. Getting along with your club, being stars, being important players on their way back to Serie A mm -hmm. is huge. Huge for these two players. Yeah, and, and Busio can also play in that sixth position as well. That's where he played uh, with Sporting Kansas City when Elie Sanchez had to move back and play center back for the club when they were dealing with injuries. So he's a player who, like, it's also that same question, does the versatility help you or hurt you in a way? He can also score absolute golazos from distance too, but it's kind of growing into a more consistent role for him. Yeah, I think Tessman has been fairly consistent. Serie A, Serie B, irrespective yeah. of that. But I think that in a weird way, this relegation, has served Busio a lot because he had hit a slump in Serie A, mm -hmm. which was very unfortunate because we know the level of talent that he does have. Yeah. And he's now had this reinvigoration this season, which I love to see it, and I hope he stays on that positive trajectory because that means... Great news for the U.S. men's national team. Yep. You want everyone playing at the highest possible level, especially with Copa America, with the World Cup all coming. So very, very uh, big, big stakes coming up for this U.S. men's national team side. But thanks so much for tuning in today, everybody. We will see you back here tomorrow. And uh, have a good rest of your day. Enjoy Boxing Day. See ya.